Welcome to the Love in the Fight podcast. My name is Travis Rousinger, and we are excited to have you with us today. Relationships are all around us. They're everywhere. Healthy relationships hold the key to success in life. The best kind of relationships, they're filled with love. Whatever you're fighting for, part of why we are doing this podcast is that we want to encourage you today to fight for love. I know personally that throughout my life, I've enjoyed fighting for love, but it's been tough some days, but then other days, it's been easy, amazing, incredible. But no matter how good or bad it's been, it's been worth it. It always is. I'm joined today by my co-host, my beautiful wife, Dawn Rosinger. Hey guys, thanks for joining us. Just a little background information on Travis and I. We are actually high school sweethearts, so we've been married for... A little while. Along the way, we've had the opportunity to raise two amazing kids. We love Jesus, we love people, and we absolutely love encouraging marriages. Well, we want to welcome you back to episode five of the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. Hey, guys. So good to have you guys back with us today. And again, we just want to continue to welcome all of you that are listening out there across the United States and around the world. Today, we're talking about a, an interesting uh, concept, something that maybe you've never heard about before. I know when I first heard about it, my mind immediately went to marriage. And so if we could have kind of a, a subtitle to this podcast, it would be the key to keeping the romance raging in your marriage. And I know we definitely need to have keys to that. We want to make sure that romance stays alive. And to be working at it for yeah. sure. But to kick us off and kind of get us going, I just wanted to tell a story about my parents. I have amazing parents. Love them dearly. You but do great. They're awesome people. They are. Uh, but it's kind of interesting because when they were younger in their 20s, uh, they were actually a part of a party scene and they did drugs and that sort of thing. And so life was kind of crazy for them before they found Jesus. Now, as Don knows, and I know, I mean, they are like the most amazing parents, grandparents, but back then things were quite a bit different. And I remember a few conversations with my dad when I was younger about how he warned me against drugs, but also mentioned that when somebody does drugs, after a little while of using the same drug, it starts to not be as strong anymore. And so Mm -hmm. you either have to increase the dose of that same drug, or you have to go find a different drug that's just a little bit more illicit, a little bit more hardcore. And I always kind of thought, well, that that's really weird or interesting how our bodies get used to a drug. And so, uh, again, it's kind of this idea that a drug user has to find a new drug to get the same or a better high is known as habituation. Now, again, this is a marriage podcast, and you're thinking, what does the word habituation have to do with me? Well, let me read the Webster's Dictionary uh, definition for that. That has a lot uh, to do with marriage, actually. A ton. And here's the definition. It means uh, tolerance to the effects of a drug acquired through continued use. And that actually dates all the way back to the 15th century. Now, this idea of drugs and marriage and and habituation, that kind of thing, you know, often we think of drugs and we think of something negative, and certainly they are, but so often we forget that God gave us drugs uh, in the medical field. Yeah, I'm very thankful for the drugs. I've had surgery or or we've gotten sick and there's different types of medicines or drugs 
And so they're, they're really good things when used under the direction uh, or supervision of a doctor, but they've been misused for a long time. So again, if you use a drug and you always get the same results, the drug won't have the same effect anymore. However, if you use a drug for only a short while to help you heal, you can later on use that same drug or a different drug, uh, again, under the observation of a doctor, and, and they'll still have that powerful healing effect on you. So we, right now we're talking about drugs, but what do you think? What is the most powerful drug on the planet? And I think both me and you talk about that. We we think, we believe that love, love is the most powerful drug on the planet. Why? We know personally that love makes people do crazy, crazy things, stupid things. It's absolutely intoxicating. And I know there's been a lot of research done on love and what it actually does to our brain, just kind of what, what drugs do to your brain. What, what does love do to our brain? And I think too, you know, we can ask what is the most powerful drug on the planet and have a lot of people answer different things. There's so many drugs out there that are, have high potency and, and affect people's minds. Yeah. But again, like you just said, we absolutely agree that love is the most powerful drug. Exactly. Even WebMD, um, quote, there's a quote there. It said, the reason people are so attracted to cocaine is that it activates the area of the brain that makes you feel good. The same reward area is activated when people are experiencing the intense desire of romantic love. And I think both of us can attest to this. When we go back to when we first were dating, man, I would do anything <laughs> for you. I would, uh, I just, I mean, every time, every moment I got to be with we you, did. I was just, I felt intoxicated. It was a whole new feeling. I remember when you touched my hand, you held my hand for the first time. It was the biggest rush I've had through my body ever. And I felt the same way. Yeah. I mean, it truly is not only a mental and emotional drug, but a physical drug, it you is. know, being in love, feeling love is so intense. And like you said, love as a drug makes people do crazy yes. things. <laughs> One of the things that uh, I was doing with you, Don, as you know, when yeah. we were dating is I just would choose you or spending time with you or love that drug over sleep. Yeah, and we so, wanted to spend any moment, every moment together. Yep. And your curfew Possible. was midnight. Yep, and so I, man, I would keep Don out all the way up to 11.59, get her back to the house (laughs) so she didn't get in trouble so I could hang out with her again the next day. But then I would drive home, wouldn't get home till nearly one o'clock in the morning because I think we were living about 45 minutes away. And and man, I just, I would have to wake up at 4.35 in the morning to go to my Mm -hmm. job. And so here I'm getting four hours of sleep Mm -hmm. on a regular basis all because of love. Yeah. All because it was in love with you. And again, love. And it didn't matter. That, we wanted to be together. We totally. It didn't matter that we lost sleep. <laughs> no one. It didn't make me feel bad. I wasn't yeah. bugged. I was happy to there give up sleep. There was one night, though, you definitely learned the lesson. Remember? Absolutely. So I'll never forget this night. It was 11.59. I dropped Dawn off. She made her midnight curfew, got in my car, started to drive home, knowing that I was going to have to wake up at 4.30 in the morning for my job, like I mentioned. And I, I, I don't remember much of that drive home, so that's kind of a bad sign. And what I do remember, though, is suddenly I woke up. I'm doing about 65 miles an hour, and I'm flying through the air in my car. Yeah. I've now left the road, 
and I've kind of jumped this hill and I, I think I took down a, a big sign and, and then I dropped off like this 20 foot embankment mm-hmm. and landed my car on the ground and waking up in the middle of the, this whole experience, I hit my brakes. And by the way, brakes don't work in midair. <laughs> no. I hit my brakes screaming, uh, going, Oh my gosh, what's going on? And then I landed on the ground and the car hit so hard that literally my wheels were bent out. Were. <laughs> so it didn't drive right for the rest of the time that I owned that you car. You screamed out that you only had that car just a few months. So it was, even though it was a used car, it was a new oh, car. Oh, so nice. And that whole right side was just gone. Creamed out. Gone. I remember you tried to impress me with picking me up with your nice car. And horrible. The next couple of months, the car just looked horrible. I looked terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't impress again, the girls love, anymore. Love makes us do crazy things. That's it. We don't, we don't think like we should when uh, we want to be with the one that we love. It's just intoxicating. Absolutely. Thousands of dollars of damage yep. all because of the drug love. love. Yep. Yeah. The most powerful drug in the universe. And here's why. Let's kind of drill down mm-hmm. a little bit more on this. It's because we're born from the day that we're born, we're addicted to this drug called love. We're hardwired to want it, to need it, to crave it. I mean, think yeah. about babies. They need to have a mom or a dad or someone pick them up and hug them and hold them and speak softly to them. And that's why love and romance are so important in a marriage. And that's why we're bringing up yeah. habituation in marriage. And romance, romance is extremely important in marriage. I know it's important, obviously, when we're dating, but again, oftentimes in marriage, it kind of gets put on the back burner a little bit just because life gets busy. And and I would agree with you, Don. I think that a lot of people would push back and say, love is dead in my marriage or the romance is dead. Travis and Don, I'm sorry. I, I, I think that's a good idea, but it's not going to work. But here's the thing that it's so important to remember in a marriage where maybe the romance feels like it's dead. And it's this love that loves perfection isn't true love since it would take no effort to love someone who is perfect. The idea of saying, Hey, that romance is dead because my spouse isn't perfect and they've got all these problems. Well, here's the thing. True love it uh, it loves someone despite their imperfections, and, and we all know we definitely have many imperfections. All and of if us. If I you know want to expect perfection from you, I'm never going to get it. We're not going to be perfect. It's not going to happen. Uh, I know I'm not perfect, and our marriage isn't perfect. No, not at all. We've got problems, and we're working through them. But that's why the kind of love that says, "Hey, I'm going to I'm going to pursue romance and try to make sure that." that I'm pursuing my spouse. That's so important because that's what Jesus did for us. And that's why it's unconditional love. And sadly, humans have added that word unconditional to love and made a phrase out of it because that's not really the way that it's supposed to be. That's Mm -hmm. not really what love is. True love doesn't need the word unconditional attached to it because that is what it already is or it's not Love, And that's why so often you hear people say that love isn't a noun. It's not just sitting there on a shelf and and it's an object. Love truly is a verb. It has to be. It shows action. It's a state of being. That's what love is. Definitely. It has to be doing something. So the only way for love to be real is it's active, it's moving, it's constantly changing. And when love is actively changing by providing romance, uh, we are able to, as couples, avoid this concept called habituation. Yeah, exactly. And, and again, love in our marriage, if we just kick back and say, well, we love each other, 
Well, after a while, that love is going to its habituation that we get used to that yeah. drug yeah. of love in our marriage. And so we have to fight against yeah. it. And marriage was never meant to be boring and predictable. It was never meant to get to that point where a habituation, like we shouldn't have that in marriage, but it's easy to get there. It's easy um, for that to happen. We just have to be aware that we, and, and try to work against that. Yeah. And look, look at yesterday, a good yeah. example of this, Don and I just, on a whim, we just thought, okay, we're going to drive an hour and a half into the neighboring state next to us, Wisconsin. <laughs> we just, on a whim, just jumped in the car, packed a lunch, and drove around for like seven, eight hours yep. and had a fabulous time. Uh, we stopped at a at a Swedish bakery and you know met new people, and it, it was really, really great. But the idea of, of fighting against habituation is making sure that our marriage isn't boring and predictable. Hey friends, we'll get right back to the episode, but we just wanted to say if this podcast has encouraged you in any way, please consider sharing it on social media, leave us a review and be sure to subscribe. We'd also love to hear from you. So feel free to leave a comment. And for more information about Travis or Don Rosinger, go to lovingthefight.com. I love just coming back to God's word. Again, we always want to make sure we come back to God's word and we do that if with our marriage. But in 1 John 3.16, it says this. It says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we had to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Just like Jesus, he laid his life down for us, Travis. We need to do that for each other. Definitely. It needs to be a... This constant battling, this constant, and that's why we call it loving the fight. Yep. We're battling to be in love, to be romantic, yep. and to be going after each other. So, so like so, Travis, he explained habituation and what, you know, he gave the, the definition for what that is. So how can we avoid the romance killer of habituation in our marriage? Again, habituation, it will kill the romance. It will. And how can we avoid that? So first of all, we just need to realize that romance is the AED for your marriage. We need romance and it's funny if you ever look at an aed you know the it, it, there's an expiration date on there Th- those yeah, themselves the they life. actually yeah they yep. actually go bad so we need to realize that romance is the aed and aed is that just that that machine that's on the wall in yeah. most public places if somebody falls over and their heart stops and they cease to live you just put it on their chest yep. and it brings them back to life it shoots them with a zap of yes. electricity and that's what romance does in our marriage it just Boom, it just hits us with a zap of of electricity of the right kind of love. Absolutely. The second thing is to refuse the lie. I think we've been kind of fed a lie and maybe just even through movies and plays. Um, The lie is this, that men have to be the ones that are pursuing the woman and they have to be the one that are, you know, they're doing the romantic things. And, you know, that's just a lie. That's a lie. not true. Marriage is a two-way relationship. It's something that both of us need to be pursuing each other. I need to be pursuing you. I need to be romantic. And I know in the beginning of our marriage, we would t- often take time, uh, take turns uh, planning our dates. We did. And that way the romance was just alive and then it wasn't dependent upon one person. But ladies, if you've been fed a lie that your husband has to be the one that's romantic, honestly, let me just let you know it's a lie. It's not true. You need to be pouring into your spouse in romance just as much as he is pouring into you. And the reason why this works is because when the husband is 
being romantic and pursuing the wife and the wife is pursuing the husband and being romantic to her husband. Now you got two people knocking themselves out, injecting life, fighting habituation and going after one another in romance. It's not that 50-50, it's the 100-100%. Yeah. You both want to be giving 100%. The third uh, way to avoid the romance killer of habituation in our marriages is this. Inject adventure into your ordinary life. Try things that you would never normally do. I know on Saturday, it was our, it was or no, I'm sorry, on Friday, it was our date day. We got to go play all day long. And we went downtown um, Minneapolis and we ordered some Vietnamese food and we sat downtown um, under this be- at this beautiful park and we just Gold watched. Metal park. Yeah, and watched the sunset and while we ate uh, Vietnamese food. But uh, prior in that day, we had rented bikes and we biked all around the lakes. Probably like um, bike 10 miles, yeah. ran three miles. And it's something that we don't normally do, especially when we, you know, eat supper at that park. That was a new thing for us. So inject adventure into your ordinary life. And a good way to do that too, I know for us, I keep a list in my Apple notes. I just write down a list of all the restaurants, activities, that we're going to go try out. And yeah, we like to go back to old favorites, but we always have a list of some things that we've never done before. And I think, I think it was about two months ago, right before, you know, the, everything kind of started to spiral out of control. We went swing dancing we to the 1930s, so <laughs> you know, or roaring twenties, uh, swing dancing, yeah. live music and ate in an old streetcar for supper afterwards yeah. and had the time of our lives. It was so fun. Again, just trying new things to avoid that romance killer of habituation in our marriage is this, gratitude. We need to be grateful, have that attitude mm. of gratitude. And one thing I know that we've done, we've make, make a list of reasons that you love your spouse. Make a love list. Why? Because there's going to be days that you honestly are frustrated with your spouse, you're angry, and if you have a list in your phone or written out, you're going to be able to pull that list out when you want to give up and you can look and remind yourself all the different reasons that you love your spouse. Yeah. Some of the things, Don, that I love about you, and I didn't show this list to you, no. but just quickly, you're honest. Um, you're, you're always transparent. You care about others. And you're, you're deeply spiritual. I love that about you, that you want to read the Bible, want to pray, and, and that also that you love justice. Mm-hmm. You want everybody to have a fair shake in life. And, and that's just a, that's the short list, yeah. as you know. I have a huge list because I'm madly in love with you. And some but- of the things on my love list to you, Travis, is um, I love that you're very affectionate. You know, my love language is physical touch. And so that's my love language, but I love that you're super affectionate because you meet that um, love language in me. I love that communication is is important to you. Why? Because nothing is ever a surprise to me because you're a verbal processor. You don't surprise me with things. I always understand. I know where you're going. I know where you're headed. I also love that you're positive and very optimistic about life. Life to you, the glass is always half full. It's never half empty. And I love that you honestly, you're just goofy and you're funny. You say the funniest things, you make, you know, weird, weird faces or weird voices and you just make me laugh. So those are just a few things on our love list. But again, on those days where it's hard, yeah. where we are arguing, we don't always, you know, our, our marriage is not perfect, like you said, right. but we need to always remind ourselves there are so many things that we love about each other. 
And just to be able to have access to a love list, so we can pull it out yep. and say, you know what, this is what I love about my spouse. And I think just even going through that discipline of writing out those 20, 30 things that you love about your spouse, that's so important. It further etches that romance, that love deep into your heart. But it's also just knowing that the list exists, yeah. that a love list is there. So like you said, Don, when we get frustrated or angry, we're like, wait, I've got 30 reasons why I love uh, my spouse. Yeah. And that is just the the desire as a couple to break the rules. I'm not talking about, you know, breaking the law or sinning in a big, bad way or anything like that. But most people have a rhythm in life and they, you know, you kind of have a daily groove of going to work and coming home and whatever you do, go to the gym. But sometimes it's important to break the rules together. We'll go eat pizza in bed and and eat junk food till late at night or have junk food for supper, have our dessert first, just different things being spontaneous or staying out too late. Sometimes we'll go out and we'll just listen to live music and stay out late. Or there'll be times we just literally will be in our pajamas and we decide, you know what, we're going to jump in the car and we're going to go somewhere quickly at the end of the night to maybe just get a treat or totally. to drive somewhere to look at a sunset. But break up the boredom. Try something yes. different. Don't be so stuck in a regimen or a routine. And that's really, really important. Again, we're talking about habituation and just the idea of love is the most powerful drug, but it, any human will get uh, used to a drug over time and it's no longer powerful. It doesn't have the same effect. So you have to fight habituation in your marriage. You've got to find ways to do that. And, and I think that's super important because honestly, if you get to a point where, you know, with where habituation sets in and you become bored, oftentimes, sometimes we can start looking elsewhere. True. Rather than keeping our eyes on our spouse and in our own marriage, sometimes we, we like I said, we just kind of get bored and it, it makes it easy to try to look elsewhere. Mm. So, um, I, I, Don, I, was, I came across this the other day and just really, really like it. I'll read it kind of quickly because it's a little bit of a, a long quote, but it's by C.S. Lewis and he's talking about love. And the alternative to love or romance mm-hmm. is to hold it back and to not give it to somebody else. And here's what C.S. Lewis says. He says, to love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give it to no one, not even an animal. Wrap it carefully round with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, uh, impenetrable, irredeemable. To love is to be vulnerable. And that's what we choose in our marriage. In loving the fight, we want to give of ourselves. And that makes us vulnerable. So to recap just a, quickly. A recap, just to avoid things, to avoid this concept of habituation. Remember, a, a habituation, tolerance to the effects of a drug acquired through continual use. But what are some things that we can, you know, the five different things to recap. First is just realize that romance is the AED of your marriage. It is the thing that will shock your marriage back. Um, you just make, make sure you're shocking your marriage. The second thing is refuse the lie. Refuse the lie that women or that men have to be the only ones to pursue uh, their spouse or to do romantic things. This needs to be uh, the responsibility of both people in the marriage. Yeah. And number three, inject adventure into your ordinary life. Shake things up. Number four, 
Uh, gratitude. Make a list of the reasons you love your spouse. Make a love make, list. Yeah, make that love list. Even now, after this podcast, maybe just go ahead and just make, go ahead and write it down. Put it in your phone. Put it somewhere. Make a love list. And the last thing is spontaneity. You guys break the rules. We're adults. We can have fun. Go out and do something that's completely something that you would never do. You would not believe the amount of romance and adve- that adventure of a spontaneity brings to your to your marriage. It is so awesome. So again, we want to thank you guys for joining us today for episode number five of our Loving the Fight yep. Marriage podcast. Hey, guess what? You guys got this. You can do it. Keep going. Keep loving the fight. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. We really enjoyed having the chance to talk through the concept of habituation, the key to keeping the romance raging in your marriage. For more conversations about marriage and what it takes to make sure you are loving the fight, visit us at lovingthefight.com. If this podcast encouraged you, then be sure to share it with others that you love through your Facebook page, Instagram, or other social media channels. Please subscribe if you have not subscribed and please like and leave a review. See you next time.